This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Our Stories from the Passion series continues this week with Pastor Lee Lavig's message, Jesus' Prayer of Agony. Join us as we continue our Lenten journey. Dear friends, have you ever had a life experience where you felt absolute agony? Maybe it was a moment of fear which paralyzed you completely in a sense of dread of what may come. Maybe you know what's coming and it's way too much for you to handle. As we explore together the story of Jesus during Passion Week in the Garden of Gethsemane, The prayer from Christ's heart to his Father helps us understand the level of agony he experienced and the glory of his sweet surrender. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, open our minds and hearts to your word and speak to us in a way that strengthens our faith and gives us courage to meet whatever life brings. In Jesus' name, amen. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress. And grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. Shall my petition 
nation bear to him whose truth and faithfulness engage the waiting soul to bless and since he bids me seek his face believe his word and trust his grace I'll cast on him my every care and wait for thee, sweet hour of prayer. And wait for thee, sweet hour of prayer. Today's gospel is recorded in Mark 14. I begin with the 27th verse. Jesus said to his disciples, You will all fall away, because it's written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to Jesus, Even though all may fall away, yet I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you that this very night, before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times. Peter kept saying insistently, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they were all saying the same thing also. They came to a place named Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. He took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be very distressed and troubled. He said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. He went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying, that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again Jesus went away and prayed, saying the same words. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. He came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. And then later, after Judas had come with the soldiers and betrayed Jesus with a kiss, it says in verse 50, And they all left him and fled. This is the gospel for our worship today. I'd like to begin today's message by asking you a rather sobering question. If you discovered today that you were going to die tomorrow, how would you feel? What thoughts would flood your consciousness? Would you be overwhelmed with sadness? Afraid? Would you be under a sense of dread? Do you wish you could run away and escape the truth of the news? To be human is to have moments where 
we experience agony or fear or dread. And as we explore together today this powerful story of Jesus praying to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane in a place called the Mount of Olives. Some people call it the Mount of Agony because this is where Jesus prayed in his agony. In the intimate prayer with his father, Jesus asked, can you take it away? Do I have to do this? In this prayer, we see Jesus' humanness, but we also see his majesty and the glory and beauty of his heart for us. That Mount Olivet is a sacred ground where there was this holy divine encounter between the Father and the Son. As we explore it together, the first thing I want us to wrestle with is the Lord Jesus' agony. He knew what awaited him. He had foreknowledge. He could tell the future. Though he was a man, he was also God. So in his foreknowledge, Jesus knew all the physical suffering that he was about to endure. He knew that the soldiers would blindfold and beat him. He knew that he was going to be whipped 39 lashes, where his back was going to be ripped open and raw in pain. He knew that they were going to take a crown of thorns and press it down on his forehead. He knew that he was going to drag the wooden cross down the Via Dolorosa to the mountain called Calvary. He knew that they were going to drive spikes through his hands and feet. He knew that he was going to be crucified, suspended between heaven and earth outside the gates of Jerusalem. He also wrestled with the agony of the emotional and relational suffering of that moment. He knew the betrayal that was going to happen. He knew that these men that he had poured his heart out to for three years of ministry around the shores of Galilee were all going to fall away. They were all going to run for their lives. They were going to abandon him. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew the rejection of all his own people who now were going to scream for his head. In the powerful truth of that short phrase, he knew that all would leave him. Jesus also knew spiritually that though he was perfect, he was going to be arrested, tried, and convicted under false witness. And he knew that, as was prophesied in Isaiah 53, that the Lord God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus knew that he would become sin for us. That the guilt and shame of everyone who had ever lived in all time, of all history, that the sins of all people would all fall upon him. Not only those who had lived and those who are living, but those who ever would live. Jesus was aware that he was going to receive the judgment for the world's evil divine judgment. No wonder he had dread. 
No wonder he had agony. He knew that he was going to be crushed under the load of sin's guilt and shame. No wonder he sweat drops of blood where physicians tell us that the capillaries can become engorged with blood with extreme emotional stress. They can burst and they trickled down Jesus' cheeks as he prayed. What was it that he prayed? It was absolutely beautiful. Let's unpack it a little bit. Jesus first said, Abba, a term of endearment, words of affection, Papa, Daddy. It's an intimate calling out. Then he said, all things are possible for you, and he knows that's true. Then he boldly says, can you remove this cup from me? The word cup throughout the Old Testament is a reference to drinking the cup of divine judgment. He's saying to his father, can you take it away? I don't want to suffer and die. I don't want to go through all of this. Is there any other way? Can this pass from me? Our hearts are gripped with Jesus' emotion. We understand his feelings. Haven't we pleaded with God in prayer in the tragic moments of life, in our grief, in moments of agony, in a sense of dread, facing death? Lord, deliver me. Save me. Get me out of here. Lord, take this away. But here's the truth in the moment of Jesus' prayer. Though it is true that with God all things are possible, yet... God could not spare his son and atone for the sins of the world and save us and reconcile us. Which leads to his last phrase, a sweet surrender, not my will, but yours. Or maybe you could say, your will is my will. From the moment Jesus left heaven, emptying himself of his power and glory, he knew that his mission would lead him to this very moment. When he was 12 years old in the temple, he told the religious leaders, I must be about my father's business. In Luke 9:51, it says, Jesus set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. His heart was permeated with determined resolve. Now in his humanness, in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he prays, pouring out his heart to the Father, the threshold of all that's about to unfold in its fervor and intensity leads him to say, Can you take it all away, Abba? We remember how in John's Gospel, the 12th chapter, Jesus said this, The hour has come. What can I say? Save me from this hour? No, this is the very reason I came. Father, glorify your name. I think of the old hymn, He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. This prayer that we hear Jesus share with his Father 
gives us insight into Jesus' humanness, but also his majesty and the glory of his heart. Because of Jesus' sweet surrender and his determination to follow through and go all the way to the cross and the grave, then it becomes true that we also have an Abba in heaven. In the name of Jesus, we can call our Father, the Creator, our Daddy. We can trust him. We can love him. My dad's name was Oscar. He was five foot nine, but strong as a bull. He'd make big biceps with his arm, and as a little boy, I'd jump up and grab his arm and hang on him like a tree limb. He taught me how to swim, throw a baseball and football, how to shoot a basketball. He would pull me by hours on water skis behind our little boat. He came in support of all my games and concerts and in worship every Sunday when I saw him rise to the pulpit and preach about the word of God and especially about Jesus. Because of it all, I was so proud to call him my dad. Do you think, in light of that, that I had any fear to talk to him about anything? Or to share my heart? Or to seek his advice? No. I loved him. There was total trust. He was my Abba. In the name of Jesus, every one of you can come to God in prayer and call on your Abba. You can totally trust our Father in heaven. Because of Jesus' sweet surrender, we also know that we can share our hearts with God. We can be honest about our fears, our failures, or the things that frustrate us. No need for secrets, nothing held back. We can even confess when we are powerless. We can share with God honestly about our apprehensions or the ways that we might be reluctant to obey him. We can tell him our struggles. We can ask God for his deliverance. We can ask him anything. We can trust that our Heavenly Father's wisdom and love as our Abba will sort through it all and do what is best. Like it says in 1 John 5, We can ask God for anything in Jesus' name according to his will, and we know that he hears us. Jesus also encourages us to be vigilant in prayer as we battle temptation, because isn't not true? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If Jesus had to be vigilant in prayer to battle temptation, how much more do we need to be vigilant in prayer to do battle. But lastly, it's important for every one of us to come to that point in our prayer life where we in sweet surrender say to God, not my will, but yours. Actually, that we would say, your will is my will. My desire, God, is to live pleasing you. My heart wants what your heart wants. I think of the quote of Mother Teresa when she said, It is not our wishes, but God's promises that we seek to fulfill. 
So the beauty of it is, is that Jesus' faithfulness in his sweet surrender that took him all the way to the cross and the grave and then God raising him from the dead shows us clearly that Jesus alone is our agent of salvation. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is our dear Savior. Jesus has atoned for our sins and the sins of all the people who have ever lived or ever will live. That's an astounding truth. But also that we have the promise in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because of Jesus' sweet surrender and faithfulness to go to the cross, we know that Jesus has reconciled us into the love of God in his family and that we're born again of the Spirit. We know that because Jesus, in sweet surrender, was faithful to go to the cross, that he embraces each one of us in forgiving love and gives to us eternal life. Why would Jesus do it? Why would he speak this sweet surrender? Your will is my will. Why was Jesus willing to go to the cross? First, because Jesus was perfectly obedient to his father's will and his father's mission. He finished the task. Secondly, though, he surrendered sweetly in faithfulness to go to the cross because of his love for us. Though we are broken and often unfaithful, nothing will separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And third, Jesus had this moment of sweet surrender in the Garden of Gethsemane that propelled him in determination to go all the way to the cross because he believed that the Father would raise him from the dead. He believed that God the Father would vindicate him in victory. Jesus would have known well the words of David in Psalm 16. You will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. Ultimately, Jesus was praying to the one that he knew would save him from death. And when we pray, we can know that too. Jesus faced his moment of agony in the Garden of Gethsemane and went all the way to the cross for us because it was his joy to rescue us in love. What a Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him How I've proved You more and 
to trust Him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust Him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that He is with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for to trust Him Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you understand our human emotions and weaknesses and that you faced your agony in the prayer at Garden of Gethsemane, that you in sweet surrender went all the way to the cross and gave your life for us. Thank you that you are our Savior, but also our resurrected Lord, filling us with hope. Give us courage to live each day with your love surrounding us. In your name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been worshiping with the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray, Lord, our hearts and minds are open to your word and that we find courage to meet whatever life brings our way. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dependent upon the free will gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to remember a loved one with a memorial gift, which can be given in memory of a special person on their birthday or another meaningful occasion. If you'd like to make a donation in loving memory of someone, send it to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or visit our website at www.christiancrusaders.org. 
Our website is secure and extremely easy to find important links to podcasts and rebroadcasts of programs and a variety of ways to support this ministry. We thank each of you for your prayers and gifts. We are grateful you chose to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Lee Lavick, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and associate speaker on Christian Crusaders, broadcasting biblical truth since 1936.